Welcome to the Purpose and Profit Sisterhood podcast, where we are a stand for the EAN. We're here to help you make a meaningful difference in a magnificent living. Your bodacious host is Jeanette Anderson. She's your irreverent guide to being bold, brilliant, and brave. So grab your wine, a way to take notes, and strap in. Because this is a no BS, value-packed tour through topics that you need to know about now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Purpose and Profit Sisterhood podcast. I'm very happy to have as my guest today, Lisa DeToffel. Welcome, Lisa. I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Glad to be here. And she's coming all the way from South Carolina, uh, which you'll hear in her lovely accent in just a moment. And today we're going to be talking about delegation, how to do it well, when to do it, and so on, because it's something that many entrepreneurs struggle with. And I literally just got off a call with my coach talking about team building and better delegation. So it's very timely for me. Uh, So I'm going to tell you Lisa's official bio, then we'll get all the juicy tidbits behind the scenes. So Lisa DeToffel is the CEO and owner of Tiger Eye Solutions. She started her business in 2018 after a career as a preschool teacher for over 25 years. As your friendly expert virtual assistant, Lisa wants to know if you have clients and our prospects reaching out to you wanting to reconnect or work together. One of her clients started seeing results like this after the first week of working with Lisa. Ooh, that's nice. When your team of when your when you dream of growing your business, is that what you dream of? Or do you dream of doing it all on your own with less results? Lisa offers the gift of time and growth, which is critical for you to achieve your dreams and goals for your business. Lisa and her team gives you the know-how, tools, and support to achieve the growth you desire for your business and the time to do what you love to do with your business. It's your choice to take control now, get the assistance you need to live out your dreams and goals for your business. Awesome. That's a very, very good point of, do you want to do it the hard way or do you want to do it with support? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So so tell us something about you, Lisa, that we wouldn't guess from this, besides that you were a preschool teacher or a school teacher for 25 years. What would people not guess by reading your website or your hearing your bio or whatever? That I am a grandmother and have been a grandmother of twins for eight months. Oh my goodness. Well, congratulations. That's a very efficient way for your son or daughter to get stuff taken care of. Um, That's very, very cool. That's nice. And is that your first grandchildren? It is. I have got two for the first time. Yes. That was awesome. Bonus. You got bonus ones. (laughs) So tell us why you do this work. Why do you care so much about teaching people how to delegate and taking things off people's plates? Well, first and foremost, my family is my why, because I want to spend more time with them. That's why I started my business. However, when I was a teacher, I also built relationships with those children that I taught in the classroom, which was vitally important at that time to learn their way of learning. So transitioning over into the entrepreneur world, I brought that skill with me and started building relationships in um, the professional world, the online world, online space, if you will. and building my network to help grow my business. And now I help my clients do that as well because relationship management is very important within the professional um, world and online space. 
So before we launch into delegation and so forth, tell me a little bit more about what does that mean in terms of what you do for people? Do you do lead generation or customer follow-up or what's, what do you do for people? Absolutely. Uh, my team and I have a team, um, Tiger Eye Solution has a team of 11 and we offer an array of services, but lead generation, the follow-up, the relationship management, CRM management, those are all pieces that we do offer. Um, and it's very, like I said before, it's very important to have those pieces in place, the follow-up and the relationship building, because that's going to help grow your business and grow your network. Um, you know, people do business with those they know, like, and trust. So in order to get yourself out there, get yourself known, liked, and trusted, you know, need to build, be building those relationships with those in your network. Right. That makes lots of sense. So how how do you do that for people that are not your people? So how do you do that on behalf of others? Um, CRM management is a big um, way to do that. You know, you choose a CRM that works best for your business. You go to networking events, you know, meet new people and determine who those people, um, who it is you want to work with. So um, and at networking events, they may or may not be an ideal client for you or customer. However, they may know others that would be an ideal client or customer for you. So that you could become actually a power partner with that new person you just met. Mm -hmm. And y'all actually refer business back and forth to each other. Okay. So there's various different ways that that can be done. That makes lots of sense. And because I think the reason I'm asking that is a lot of times entrepreneurs hate and suck at marketing and sales. And so they want to just delegate it. But in most cases, what they actually mean is they want to abdicate. They don't really want to pay attention to it. They don't want to do it. Um, and so part of what I'm kind of listening for is what can be delegated when it comes to that versus just abdicating and saying, I don't do good sit marketing and sales. So you do it. You go generate all my revenue for me. So what's your experience working with entrepreneurs in that regard? Yes, systems are very important. Get the systems that um, will help you and your business in place. And yes, you can delegate um, that out to a virtual assistant to help you keep up with the systems and the um, automations, et cetera, that go along with those systems to help you um, stay in contact with those in your network. Mm. So what's, what's the difference from your perspective on the other side of the desk from the entrepreneur between delegation or abdication and or micromanaging? Because sometimes people won't let go of stuff. Um, so what are some of the mistakes you see when it comes to how people work with VAs or teams? Yes, that is a very good point. Because um, some do have difficulty and like to micromanage, as you said, um, everything that goes on in their business. Um, however, when you are delegating to a virtual assistant and you want to hand that specific task off, that virtual assistant is going to replicate the way you are already doing it. You know, if this is a specific task you have been doing for the past two years, you know, um, then you're going to share with them exactly how you've been doing that task and they're going to duplicate and replicate exactly how you were doing it and do it for you. If you like to stay in contact on a frequent basis with your virtual assistant, that is um, doable as well. 
weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, whatever works best for you to get updates on exactly what it is that they're doing and how the progress is going. And that helps um, to a certain extent with some business owners. So one of the things that I've learned my from myself doing it wrong is that um, I went through a period where I had lots of team, but what I was delegating was tasks, not areas of responsibility and not projects or, or deliverables. And so I would delegate a bunch of tasks, but that required me to manage a bunch of tasks. And it became quite onerous. It became more work than just doing it myself. And rather than taking things off my plate, it ended up putting more on my plate. How do people make the shift in their brain when they're thinking about hiring a VA or a team? How should they be thinking about what they want to delegate so that they don't end up doing that? Because that did not work for me. <laughs> that was just me trying to keep up with giving a bunch of people tasks and, and managing all of them. There again, the specific task um, that you do delegate, it should be something that you've already been doing and that you, um, what I like to say is do your homework prior to hiring a virtual assistant because there's an array of virtual assistants out there to choose from, but you definitely want to be um, sure that you choose the appropriate one or the right one for you and your business. So, and that's, that's a big deal sometimes, especially for those that might want to micromanage everything or, or have issues actually, you know, handing something off. Um, get to know that virtual assistant, get to know how she does business, how she does um, her services for her clients and make sure they are proficient or an expert in the area of what you want to hand off to them. Email management for an example. If you want to hand over your email inbox to a virtual assistant and let her handle it and get rid of all the spam and all the junk that you have in there. Um, make sure that's an area she's, she's an expert in and that she can handle it right. and that she knows how you want it organized or the specific things that you definitely want to keep versus the things you want to get rid of. So how, um, how do people know what things they should delegate to their VA? Because there's a lot of different tasks that we could. Most people want to delegate the stuff that they don't like doing. How, where should people generally start in terms of thinking about what do I delegate? Absolutely. If you're a business owner, you def your time definitely needs to be spent in your area of expertise. However, there's an array of things that go along with running a business, right? So, of course, things you may not like to do, know how to do, or maybe you haven't even learned how to do, but you know you need to be doing it, then that is something you possibly could hand over to a virtual assistant that is an expert in that area. Bookkeeping is a good example of that. You know, everybody has books. You know, if you own a business, you're going to have books, but that not, might not be your area of expertise working with those numbers. So you may want to hire a bookkeeper. There are virtual assistants that do bookkeeping. So, like I said, do your homework, find the specific one that is a, the best fit for you and your specific business, and then move forward. Right. Okay. And so you talk uh, about delegating a lot. What are some of the mistakes that people make when it comes to delegating? And, and kind of I asked this similarly just a minute ago, but how do they know when to delegate too? 
So why is it important and how do they know when to do that? It is important. And of course, you know, if you're just starting your business, you know, you may not have anything you want to hand off just starting out. However, if you've been in business for maybe say almost five years and your business has grown, then sure, there's probably things that you could hand off to a virtual assistant, let them take care of it so that you could focus more on the clients that you're working with. Um, you do want to analyze the tasks that you're thinking about delegating or tasks that are repetitive is a good place to start. Um, because of course, you know, those tasks have to be taken care of. However, they may or may not specifically need you to do them. They may or may not need specifically you, you, your hands on them, mm -hmm. that someone else could actually do that for you. So that's really a great place to start with repetitive tasks that are, happen on a um, repetitive basis. Right. Yeah. Like social media management and posting, that kind of thing. Yes. Um, so, so when, at what size of company or at what stage of company do you advocate that people start building team? Oh goodness, that's different for every business. Um, it really is based. I, for me, I would say it's based on the size of your business. You know, if you've been in business for five years and you have really grown tremendously, um, and you are, oh goodness, this is really hard to answer. I, yeah. I know for myself, and it's really determined by the business owner as to when they get to a certain point. Um, that it's best for them to start building a team because right. there's certain things that can be utilized by those other team members that can be done and on the back end, kind of behind the scenes, sort of speak, versus, mm -hmm. you know, as you're moving forward and growing your business and starting to work with more and more and more clients. Um, for sure, I would say if you're in business at least five years or more, you may want to consider start building a team. And of course, it's also based on the size of your clientele okay. as well. Well, and I, I tend to tell my clients that if they, if they are going to um, take tasks off their plate so they can focus on generating revenue, either making sales or delivering the product or service, then they should delegate those other things. But if they delegate those other things and don't replace it with revenue, now they just have expenses with no additional revenue coming in. So the, the whole idea behind the team, especially for new entrepreneurs or young entrepreneurs and young in their business, is your number one job is to make money. And so, um, and that's not something that's easy to delegate uh, or effective to delegate until you know how to do it. So unless you're freeing yourself up to make more money, then it's probably going to become a big expense and not do you much good because um, you're taking your eye off the primary primary prize. Um, so what do you think are some um, great tips for helping people be more effective at delegating? What are some things that help them do it with um, more effectiveness so that it works? Because sometimes it does not work. <laughs> You are correct. And again, I'm going to refer back to do your homework to begin with, um, you know, have conversations or, or talk to or interview different virtual assistants just to make sure you're, you know, on the right path and going to choose the correct one for you and your business. Um, analyze the tasks that you're considering 
possibly handing over to a virtual assistant as well. Um, and then, of course, after you do hire that virtual assistant in the very beginning, you definitely want to monitor and review what they're doing for you to make sure it's getting done the way you want it done for your business. Yeah, that's where that don't abdicate comes in, because a lot of times we hand it off and go, OK, I don't have to pay attention anymore. But, yep, you do. You got to make sure it's you do the right way, the way you want initially. Um, so what are some of the things you, you know, you say, make sure that you choose the right person for you. What makes the right fit in terms of a VA? Do you want someone who's very different than you? Do you want someone, you know, like how, what, what kinds of things should we be thinking about in terms of the criteria of who to pick, who's the right person for us? You really want to kind of pick someone more like yourself, um, you know, in the, the movies, they kind of talk about cloning people, right? You um, want to look to a, a, the virtual assistant you want to hire as being someone that is has the same values as you, um, is passionate in the same areas that you're passionate about in, within your business. Um, those type of, of things you really want to try to find in that other person so that they're going to be able to come on board and, in a sense, be you, right? and do those tasks that you're no longer going to be doing yourself, they're going to be doing them for you, but you want them to be able to do it in the same way that you did it. Okay. And what are some really good questions to ask when hiring a VA? Um, because I know there's a lot of things you could ask, and I, <laughs> I have in the past not asked good questions and therefore got people who aren't a good fit. So what are some really important questions? Definitely ask them about their values and make sure their values and your values are aligned mm -hmm. before proceeding. Um, ask them about their expertise, mm -hmm. you know, and how long they've been a virtual assistant. Um, so how long have they been working in that space? And, um, you know, what's some of the results that they have gotten from clients that have worked with in the past? Mm -hmm. um, to kind of, that would kind of tell you, you know, what their value is. Okay. As, as of if that's someone you actually want to hire to help you. And how do you feel about um, testing out VAs? Because a lot of times what I do now um, is rather than hire them for the position, I hire them for a project. We see how that goes. And then I might give them another project and then maybe I'll hire them for the position. Is that a, a good strategy or does it detract? What do you advise people to do? It could go both ways. Um, actually, you know, if this is the first time I would highly suggest if this is the first time you're actually hiring a virtual assistant, absolutely test the waters, yeah. give them one project to do and just see how they, how well that goes. Um, and if you want to continue, maybe give them another project, like you stated, to continue to test those waters and see how well you and that virtual assistant work together. And of course, how, how they do the work, the results of the work that you're assigning to them, for sure. And, and what do you think is a reasonable expectation for ramp up time? Because I know a lot of people think, myself included sometimes, that, oh, as soon as I hire them and delegate to them, they're going to be off and running and, and so forth. What's a reasonable kind of, let's say, onboarding and training period before you start to really see some good results? My what rule of thumb is three months. 
um, anytime, even when I bring on a new client, you know, I tell them it gives us three months to actually get everything put into place and get this running smoothly for you to see if you're going to be getting the results that you're looking for. Right. So, um, like I said, that's my rule of thumb when we start working with new clients. That way it gives the client and the virtual assistant the opportunity to build that bond and that relationship that's needed. And of course, get the work in place because there's going to be all kind of details that's going to be needed, right, to get going with the work. And then, of course, to see if the results that you're looking for is going to come out of that in the end. Okay. How important do you think it is to have a contract or some kind of written agreement with a, a VA? Um, I highly recommend having a contract with a virtual assistant. Um, just for the fact of, you know, whatever work you are delegating, if there's an issue that occurs later, of course, you could come back to that virtual assistant or at any given time, um, an issue comes up while you're working with them, then, you know, you know, you know, that person is the one that did that work. And, you know, you have a contract with them and they have, you have that agreement from them whether it's a virtual assistance contract that gets signed or you, the business owner, has a contract that you have the virtual assistant sign, I would highly recommend having a, a contract in place, yes. Right, well, and I, I've, again, learned from personal experience um, to make sure that timelines are clearly and expectations are clearly spelled out because I've hired people who've required payment upfront, which is another thing that I, I tend not to do now, um, or at least not all of it. And, and um, then they got the work and, oh yeah, yeah, it'll be done right away. And it wasn't, and it wasn't. And in the second month, it wasn't done. Third month, it wasn't done. There was nothing in writing about when it would be done and how, like to what degree, what the measures were of done, um, what that looked like. And so they didn't deliver and still took the money. Um, there was, you know, little or no recourse because they were in India and, and just, yeah, no way to get the money back. Um, and by the way, this VA came recommended from another colleague, um, but the expectations weren't spelled out. So he thought he did the work. I didn't think he did the work. Uh, so it needs to be clear what the, what done means, what it looks like. Because um, <laughs> been there, done that a couple of times now, learned my lesson. Now it's real clear what the measures are and so forth. Um, is there any other mistakes that you see entrepreneurs making that keep them from getting the value from having a VA that they could? Absolutely. Um, again, I would say monitor and review the work that your virtual assistant is doing for you. Because like I said, you want them to kind of duplicate you and what you were doing prior before you hired them. And you want to make sure that is understood mm -hmm. between yourself and the virtual assistant. So having that conversation up front is really important. Um, another thing I can highly recommend is SOPs. If you are a business owner, mm -hmm. you should have SOPs in place for everything that you do for your business. That way, when you do decide to hire that virtual assistant, you can give them a copy of that SOP for that specific task that you're requesting them to do. And yep. they can do it according to that SOP that you have the task outlined with. So, yeah. 
clients. So I have a policy that anytime anyone in my company does a job more than once, they have to write the standard operating procedures in our manual. They write it up and then I review it and tweak it and adjust it as necessary. But then uh, they do the work of writing the SOP. I just have to go in and, and you know, make it a little clearer most of the time um, and put some context around it, like how it fits into things. Um, but that takes a lot of work off my plate because I don't have to write up all the procedures. Um, um, I was gonna say, oh yeah, my last question is, um, uh, what are the pros and cons of hiring an individual, like a VA versus an agency? I know you've got a bias, but tell us what you think the pros and cons of both are. Um, there's pros and cons on, on both sides of that spectrum. Um, and it, it again, it's based on the business and their needs. Because um, some businesses, yes, just working with one virtual assistant, especially if they're well versed in, you know, various different areas, could be, you know, a benefit, beneficial to your business. Mm -hmm. However, also, working with an agency or a virtual assistant team, you can get various different virtual assistants that specialize in different areas. Again, like the bookkeeping or the social media. You know, an agency would have different people doing those different tasks. And you could actually work with two different virtual assistants versus just one. Mm -hmm. um, Working with just one, you know, yes, they may have different skills or different um, services that they provide. However, their expertise may only be in one of, or two of those services that they offer. Yeah. Working with an agency, you're going to get the virtual assistant that specializes in that specific area. So, right. you know, you're going to be getting quality expertise work by working with the agency with that particular virtual assistant that specializes in that area so, yeah the agency the project management tends to be done by the agency when you hire individual subcontractors you tend to do the project management so that's part of why you tend to pay um, generally more to an agency than to just individual subcontractors because you're also paying for the delegation of the project management and having to not have to vet the VAs because they've been vetted, which is a big Absolutely. benefit. And uh, also not having to um, find replacements if that person isn't working out or isn't suitable for some reason. So there's yes. yeah, some definite pros and cons to both. Um, if you're budget constrained, then an agency might be cha more challenging, but it makes your life easier in terms of time. So it depends on which one you have more of. Um, yes. All right, before we wrap up uh, and and Tell them kind of your last tips here. What you've got a um, ebook for them. So tell them what that is and where they can Absolutely. go and get that. Absolutely. Um, I have a free ebook for you. You can find on my website, tigereyesolution.com. And the free ebook is on lead generation, which is, I know, something important that everyone is looking for, right? Lead generation. It's also a service that Tiger Eye Solution provides as well. Um, go over to our website, tigerisolution.com, and go ahead and gain access to that free ebook. Thank you. Okay. And so that's got some tips and hints on how to do lead generation. Absolutely. Really, really important. Okay. And again, the, the website is, uh, say it again, spell it out. Tigerisolution.com. 
<laughs> okay, so T-I-G-E-R, tiger eye as an eyeball solution with no S on the end, solution. No S, yes. All right, awesome. Uh, so what's one last thing you'd like to leave everyone with as a, as a takeaway from this? Um, don't try to do everything yourself. Do your homework and find a, the perfect virtual assistant for you, whether it's an agency or an individual, you know, whatever works best for you and your specific company. Mm -hmm. Yes, yep, and do the homework. Really important. Um, all right, thank you so much for taking time, Lisa. I appreciate it. And if you've got questions, reach out to Lisa. Um, she'll be hanging out in the Facebook group. And so post questions if you've got them below this thread. Um, and especially if you're growing and you want to start to leverage yourself and your time, you need to bring in support. And what constrains most women in their business is they don't call enough support in early enough. So if you want to grow, chances are very good that you just doing more isn't going to cut it. So you probably need to call in support. Speaking of which, if you would like coaching support and you'd like to reach out to uh, someone to talk about that, I would be happy to have a chat with you. So I'll put a link in the um, in the thread below about business coaching and or I will also put a link to my ebook on how to choose the right business coach for you, because just like with a VA, you got to get the right fit for where you're at and your style and who you are. Otherwise, it just isn't going to work. So um, I will put my ebook, how to get the right business coach for you into this conversation as well. Thank you so much again for being here, Lisa, all the way from South Carolina. And thank you for having me. Appreciate your passion for supporting entrepreneurs and getting things off their plate and so that they can focus on being the difference that only they can be in the world. Absolutely. Take care, everybody. Have a bodacious week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, comment, and share. Now go be the difference only you can be.